Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark. I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. And this week, I'm very excited. I'm talking to Matt Searles. Hello, Matt. Hello. Uh, some of you may know of Matt Searles through uh, his uh, music, which is what we are mostly going to be talking about. Uh, but just first, Matt, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I and mean, I'm guessing your sales from your albums don't quite pay all your bills. Um, do you have a proper job as well? That's that's right. Yeah, music is um, a great love and a hobby. Um, so it's all spare time. So day to day, I used to be a church minister in London, in Anglican Church in South East London. But now I work across a group of churches. Um, so I'm director of training for the South Central Gospel Partnership. Um, and so my privilege is to try and serve churches, helping them with training, um, uh, running a ministry training course in Oxford uh, and resourcing local churches um, in the kind of Oxford and Reading area. Fantastic. Uh, but as you say, music is a, a hobby and a passion. It's something you've always been involved in. You've been involved in uh, music in churches over the years, that kind of thing. I have been, though, probably not as much as I might have liked or people might think. Partly having been a pastor, um, I haven't played much on a Sunday because often I'm doing something else, leading the service or yeah, yeah. or preaching. Um, so it's never been quite, um, yeah, it's more, it's more been something at home and on holiday and in the evenings than um yeah. And something I particularly did in church, though I have done. Okay. And um, so, as I mentioned, over uh, the last few years, you have produced uh, a number of albums, I think three albums now, of Christian music. Was that sort of writing music something that you were always interested in? Where did that come from? Not not particularly. Um, I'd never really written... I'd played music and did sort of train classical piano when I was um, at school, um, and then I guess a coincidence of um, really when my mum was sick, uh, I um, it was a sudden thing, suddenly rushed to hospital and suddenly the world got turned upside down. Mm. And the Psalms were where I was going for um, for comfort. And really, I struggled to pray for a number of months uh, and read anything apart from Psalm 30, uh, verse five, I think it is. Um, Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And that was just a, that just the reality of suffering and sorrow and permission for tears, but also the equal reality of enduring hope. Mm. That was powerful to me. And I don't quite know where it came from, but I just sort of started humming a tune to the words of that psalm. And um, mum died a few months later and um, I had the crazy idea, which you can only do when you're grieving. You can get away with anything. Um, so I said, great, let's let's have that performed at her funeral. Wow. Which looking back. Um, I would never suggest to someone you've never written a song before you've never played it to anyone no one's ever told you if it's any good um, but it's the kind of it's the kind of scenario where regardless people are going to say that was lovely yes so, of course <laughs> um, but we did and uh, really it came from me wanting to sort of, it was a way of me engaging with the psalms uh, particularly that psalm but actually in, the, in those sort of months I was starting to having found that helpful I was starting to look at other psalms, and I guess partly it forced a question that I hadn't really thought about before. Not just what the psalm's saying, but what's the mood, what's the tone, what's the tune? Is this upbeat? Is it is it is it downbeat? Is it confident? Is it poignant? And even changes. And so actually, for me, it was a helpful way to think about the psalms in a way I hadn't before. There are those very tantalising hints, aren't there, at the beginning of the psalms, to the tune of yeah. the lilies or the tune of the death of the sun, and we have no idea what those tunes are that's right but but there must have been tunes and there, there ought to be tunes yeah yeah and 
and presumably different type of tunes for different types of psalms. And mm-hmm. so a praise the Lord, all you peoples, praise and praise his name, exalt. So the psalms at the end of the Psalter presumably have a different tune to how long, O Lord, how long will you forget me forever? I, for a few months, I was part of a Free Church of Scotland church up in up in the far north. And um, it was their tradition to only sing psalms unaccompanied. And mostly they were sort of tunes, I guess, that had been written for psalms. But I do remember once we sang one to the tune of, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, which, Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, certainly conveyed something of the tone of that song. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> At least, yeah. Um, so, okay, so that was the thing you began thinking about. Yeah, so we're starting to do that. And actually, I think it was at the, at the funeral, someone said that was um, that was, that was was lovely and, and helpful for me to think about, you know, help me think about the psalm in a different way. Um, is that recorded anywhere? Wow. And so it all began very um, sort of, sort of humbly. Um, a fr- I mean, a friend who happens to be a fantastic singer-songwriter herself, Miriam Jones. Um, but we took a two, three days um, in the spare bedroom of her house, sort of fairly, you know, recording with a laptop and probably two microphones, um, just recording some of these, mm-hmm. not thinking particularly other than some of these people who've been at the funeral and yeah. some people who knew me, who knew my mum. It might it might yeah. serve them, if nothing else, for, for me, but sort of fairly low yes. um, uh, initial expectations. Okay. Um, and a friend of mine pushed me to, to said, "Go get a hundred made," which was more than I'd ever dreamed of. Um, wow. But um, but we got a hundred CDs made, and people seemed to find it useful, and so. And that um, was the CD that that became from the rivers to the ends of the that earth. That was now not yet, which is prior oh, okay. prior to that. Yeah. Fine. So it's just acoustic guitar and vocals, very very simple. Um, wow. But I mean, I think, yeah, we've probably. Sold a couple of thousand of those or more now, um, and so that sort of prompted me to think, okay, you know, this is something I want to keep doing, um, and uh, probably maybe just invest a little bit more time and money next time, um, and mm. so that and that's sort of where things have, have come from. But yeah, initially there wasn't any grand plan; it was just something to be useful in that season. Very interesting, and I think um, it's really interesting to hear that how it came out of a sort of personal experience of, mm. of grief and, and deep emotion and finding the Psalms uh, valuable in that moment. Because I was re- just thinking about this on the way here in a, in our sort of evangelical circles, the Psalms are not as central as they used to be, and in many traditions still are. We often don't have Psalms read every week in church. We don't. Um, pray the psalms perhaps we don't have that kind of tradition because we focus so much on extemporary prayer and, mm. and so we're not in the habit of praying them and we don't have a tradition of singing the psalms mm. um, so that church i mentioned up in scotland they sang the psalms i mean that mm. that was what they did on sundays and so they knew the psalms and had sort of absorbed the language and the feeling and and the expression of the psalms into their lives through that sort of repeated exposure mm. and therefore had that available to them when they needed mm, to find absolutely. those words and needed to find that expression. And I don't think in the, the sort of evangelical circles we're in, we really have any tradition of Psalms in that kind of way. And so it's not a surprise to me, I guess, that when you started uh, producing yours, that people suddenly were, were able to say, oh, this is this is what we need um, and it's exciting to see how from those very small beginnings that has grown, I guess, and, mm. and people are finding response to that. In terms of 
the sort of more wider contemporary Christian music scene. I mean, I am not the expert on this. Listening to music is a, a thing I sort of have to consciously remember to do occasionally. <laughs> it's not it's not really my thing. But I, I don't know of anyone else who's really focusing on, on psalms in that kind of way or producing contemporary psalms um, in that sort of way. So it feels like it's filling a, a need, perhaps. I mean, there is there are certainly others. Um, and I just yesterday mm. came across a playlist that... Um, Caroline Cobb has put together on Spotify, which is um, a Psalms playlist. Um, and I, I made it on it for Psalm 88. Wonderful. I think because probably no one else has ever recorded Psalm 88. Okay. Uh, yes, I mean, that's a brave, which is, which a is brave quite, choice, yeah. isn't it? Um, so there are certainly others, but in terms of what's familiar, um, so um, it's certainly not in people's, a lot of people, so lots of the artists on this playlist mm. I wasn't familiar with. There's right. some like Sons of Cora and Jamie Souls and Sandra McCracken, um, and a few others have, mm. I kind of know, uh, Jamie, Ian White, um, okay. of a few generations ago. Right. Um, and it, the music sounds a little bit more dated now, though it's absolutely wonderful. Um, mm. But it's just not in the consciousness. And okay. I think what I remember there was one moment as I um, I got a phone call, mum had just been sort of taken to hospital, but then about two in the morning was rushed for emergency surgery. And I got a, kind of woken up in the night by, by the hospital saying that you, can, you need to be here. And I remember as I was driving, um, driving through London, waiting at traffic lights, and I just sort of instinctively reached for my pile of CDs in the, um, mm. in sort of in the train, the car, thinking I'll just put some music. I always put music on as I drive, and was just aware of what what music. I've got Christian CDs, but but what fits this particular time? And I realised there was nothing I wanted to listen to. Not that there isn't stuff out there, but in my consciousness, yeah, everything I think tends to be upbeat. Yes, um, and I do think there's. There's something about our musical style. Um, I know that's one of the things we're perhaps going to talk mm. about, but if our musical style is um, is sort of always with drums, bass, electric guitar, that sort of sound, um, certain songs don't fit very comfortably with that. Right. So I wonder if perhaps some of the more reflective songs will drop out of churches altogether, altogether, not by choice, but simply because... Um, they don't sound very good with a, with a, with a band. That is very um, interesting. And uh, so unconsciously, I think, perhaps, mm. we have lost a, um, a particular way of singing. Yes. We've got in the harder times. And the unwitting thing we're saying to people is um, the only way to worship God is in an upbeat, extravagantly joyful way. And it's very interesting. I mean, you mentioned Psalm 88 there, which famously is the sort of psalm that, that doesn't have an upbeat end to it or an mm. upbeat moment to it but but most of the lament psalms do and mm. i wonder again if that's a an issue how do we write music that deals with the way that psalms often shift mm. from the beginning to the end they begin with how long O lord mm. but they end with i will praise you my mm. god and yeah i i imagine there's there's a sort of challenge there in terms of how you you write something that that's singable that that kind of works at both ends of the psalm i don't know yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, that's been a help. Partly just thinking of writing tunes for Psalms has helped me think about the Psalms to ask that kind of question. Is there a mood shift? So Psalm 13, which is begins, yeah. how long, O Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face? Um, but then the last two verses then changes, but I've trusted in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he's mm. been good to me. And um, I, as I was trying to set that to music, I thought, I think I just need a different tune. Yes. And so the, the version 
that I recorded, we have a minor key tune for the first four verses, and then it switches. That makes it quite hard for a church to sing, so it's not necessarily um, yeah. uh, one the church might be able to sing, but in terms of to listen, for me that, that was an attempt to convey something. Of Psalm 13 from his album Tumbling Sky. 
So tell me, um, the most recent album, which I, I believe just came out like last week yeah, or something, yeah. we're, we're right on the cutting edge here of uh, journalism, which we never are on the podcast, so it's very exciting. <laughs> um, so this is called Watchers of the Night. Watchers of the Night. And tell us about that and what sort of psalms are in it and, and what the sort of uh, theme of the album is or how it fits together. Sure. Um, well, Watchers of the Night is, is a phrase that comes a number of times in the psalms, and really it's pointing to capturing two things that I've tried to focus on in the album um, that David says, I think it's Psalm 62, but I'll have to check. Um, I meditate on you in the, in the, in the watches of the night. And you get this repeated thing in the Psalms that often when the Psalms are awake at night, they, they turn to God and meditate on God. Um, I turn on Netflix. Um, okay. Or, um, <laughs> yes. Not there's anything wrong. I pick up my Kindle usually. Yeah, exactly. Not there's anything yeah. wrong with that, but I just thought it's interesting. This seems to be sort of built into the Psalms, yes. this kind of when they can't sleep, which I often can't, um, they're sort of, default is to turn to the Lord. And there are quite a lot of psalms, actually. I'm I'm lying on my bed awake at night, yeah, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that I hadn't thought of that, um, but you're right. There is a lot. Yeah, more that... than you think. And so I thought, um, partly I thought, well, I'd like to help myself <laughs> and any others who often lie awake at night. What what might help people engage? Because hmm. I think partly the psalms are, are a gift to us. They're not this sort of super spirituality condemners. Look how spiritual David and others are. Hmm. But rather words we can kind of join in with and to encourage us um, yes I mean I I sort of like to to call them and I don't think this is a, a fully comprehensive view of the Psalter but it is the school of prayer isn't it it's the absolutely. school for us to learn how to pray by praying these prayers yeah but also I think by praying these more our own prayers become more psalm-like yeah. and more biblical and and therefore you know and music is a great way of us absorbing those and knowing those mm. so that those expressions are normal for us. That's right. And words to grow into that yes. sometimes we won't quite be where um, the psalmist is in terms of their extravagant declaration of, of trust and joy in the Lord. And we kind of think, well, I'd like to, I'd like to be there, but maybe I'm not quite yet. But I think the psalmist says, well, sing along with me. As as I say, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Sing along and, mm. and see if your heart isn't lifted a little as you do. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so part of it was was music that might help people in the night time, and that's partly the genre thing. So this album's got no drums. Okay. Um, it is more subdued in tone than most contemporary Christian albums. Well, not all by any means, but but much of what I listen to is quite sort of driving, yeah. rhythm based, and I didn't want that for this because I thought, how can we help people? Yes. In the, night in the season? middle of the night, you don't get out your drum kit, do no, you? No. No. Um, and uh, but the second thing is sort of the watch of the night. We've got Psalm 130. I wait for the Lord more than watchman for the dawn. This this theme of sort of waiting and watching for the dawn. And so I am. Um, I wanted songs that would sort of orient us to the future. I mean, once the dawn mm. has already begun with the resurrection of Christ, but we await the full, um, yes. the full sunshine of His face. And so songs that would point us beyond this life to the next and give us that future hope. And so there's. Um, there's that sort of theme as well, look, looking to the glories that await as a means of um, persevering in faith now. Mm. So those and are the two. That's really helpful. And you're talking there, obviously, about uh, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and looking forward to coming, his coming again. And I wonder if something else that, um, rather than simply, for example, singing metrical psalms or something like that, um, that music like yours can do is help us to read the Psalms as Christians mm. and to, to interpret them as Christians and, and see where our gospel hope mm. fits within that. Is that something that you're consciously trying to do as you think about how you 
put these together. Absolutely. Um, and the, probably the, across the, the songs I've written, there'd be a real range of some that are really quite close just to the words of the song itself, um, more like a metrical version. Um, there are actually the, the corner room is one people didn't mention before. They set the songs word to word, word for word to music and in a beautiful way. So that oh, would be something wow. to check out if you want to. I think it's the ESV set verbatim. Um, so not congregational particularly, but if you want just to listen to um, with no interpretation at all. Um, and the, the, there's huge strength in that, but what yeah. you don't get is some of the interpretation. Um, the problem with interpreting is you all, partly is your own interpretation. Yes, yeah, so you've you got sl- to pick an interpretation. To, yeah, and I do think the Psalms, there is a, a sort of a multiplicity of meanings at times. Yeah. Um, uh, and and when you know when you when you interpret, sometimes you close that down a little. I'm persuaded that the Psalms at times are written in a general enough way that they can apply to a number of situations. And sometimes there's a beauty in just sort of pondering on. Um, uh, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. What does that mean in this life or in the life to come? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I've reflected on that Psalm at different moments, and I think it probably points to both. Yeah. Um, but if in the song you kind of close it down to one, in a sense, you perhaps lose something. So I've, I've sort of wrestled with that. Yes, that's interesting, is it? You kind of maybe open it up for the person who'd only ever seen the other meaning, but actually you close it down for yeah people who might have been reflecting on both. And um, yeah, the and I think probably the answer to that is to say people do still need to be reading the Psalms. And, mm. you know, listening to, to the music is, is great for all kinds of reasons, but actually it's not a substitute no. for reading the scriptures itself, is no. it? And if it can sort of help people engage and point people back to the Psalms.
send out your gospel truth in all the earth. Have mercy, Lord, from Matt's latest album, Watchers of the Night. For Tumbling Sky, you you wrote a little book of devotions that went alongside that. Is there going to be one that goes with this or not? <laughs> um, I hope so. Okay, good. Um, I hope so too because that was that was wonderful and it really helped. I think um, for them to be more than just sort of music that one listened to, but actually something really mm. engaged with and helped you to engage with the song. So let me encourage you to do that. Thank you. Uh, and as and when it appears, I'm sure that will be a great blessing uh, to others. Where can people uh, get hold of your music, Matt, if they'd like to go and listen to it and they haven't already? Um, currently, the best place is my Bandcamp site, mattsells.bandcamp.com. Great. I'll put a link to that in the blog post that I goes hope with this. within a month or so I'll be able to get it up on the normal other streaming sites, but that takes a bit longer. Than okay, iTunes, but your, your previous albums are already uh, available through other places as well, iTunes yeah, but, and whatever. Yeah, but everything is on Bandcamp. Perfect. Um, yeah. uh, well, we will put a link to that, and uh, thank you very much, Matt, for talking to us. That's been great. Great to be here. As it turned out, Matt and I had plenty to talk about that we didn't get through in that first episode. So there is going to be a second part to this uh, music special. I will be talking to Matt in next week's podcast episode about church music, about Christian contemporary music, about conference music, about how to do music well in smaller churches. Uh, he has some great tips for that that certainly I would never have thought of. Um, so do tune in again then. I will also be putting some of the more sensible questions that people suggested on social media when I said I was going to be talking to Matt. Do tune in again for that episode. And I'm going to leave you now, not with our normal theme tune, but with another track from Watchers of the Night. This is In Peace, I Lay Down and Sleep. In peace, I lay down and sleep. In peace, I
to 